in love with movies, in love, in love with movies. With Danny and Nick. Da da da. Can you hear me crunching? Can I hear you crunching? I don't know. We'll have to find out when we listen to things later. <clears throat> Same thing goes for mom doing her nails. No, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop. That actually would be loud enough. So. No, not necessarily. You never know. Yeah, well. <laughs> I do think you both should be sitting closer with your faces to the microphone, though, if we want to try and... I do think we should be, too, because sometimes Danny's hard to hear. Right? That's what I keep... We did finally figure out that it's like... I use... I'm always afraid like that you can't... Uh, you know, that you need to... Coffee. <sighs> Aren't you glad you're surrounded by us? Oh, I just love family. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, welcome back to the In Love with Movies podcast. The intro in love, in love with movies. <laughs> no, that's that's, that's pre-recorded. It's pre. You want to do you want to do the intro? You do the intro. I don't remember it. I don't know. You if just I did, did it. In love, in love with movies. In love, in love with movies. Here we go. That's Here we family. go. Let's start. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So this is the In Love With Movies podcast. This is episode three. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you being here. My name is Nick Baldwin. I'm Danny Smith. <laughs> and uh, the third voice that you are hearing for the first time ever is our first guest. Welcome to the podcast, Rebecca Ferguson. Hello. It's very good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rebecca is my mom, so that's why she's here with us today. And uh, we are actually going to be discussing uh, different holiday traditions, and specifically the first half of today's uh, topic will be our Thanksgiving traditions. So we want to hear from you all on our social media pages uh, what your own Thanksgiving traditions are, but today we're going to talk about ours. And uh, that's why my mother is here with us, because she's actually in town in Chicago with us, uh, recording today while she is here to celebrate our Thanksgiving tradition, because our Thanksgiving tradition for my family includes cooking some other day than Thanksgiving. <laughs> and that is because my other son, his brother, and his friend both work in the health industry, and therefore they have a tendency to have to work on holidays. And since they work on holidays, we all said, well, to heck with it. It's whatever day you're together that you decide to celebrate the holiday. It doesn't have to be on the holiday. And therefore, we let them pick which weekend works for their schedules, and we descend upon Nicholas and Danielle. And listen, this works for me, too, because I get multiple Thanksgivings with all the families all on separate days, so it's perfect. Which I actually think is a really, really cool idea because I think young couples ought to make sure that they're hanging out with family if they can until if they are fortunate enough to start a family. Oh, here, here we go. Comes, here, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> well, just saying. Not saying I have to have grandchildren. I'm saying I love the grandcat. But should you ever <laughs> give birth to or adopt or in some other way expand your family that includes small humans... <laughs> I would suggest you stay at home and start your own traditions, either on the day of or on another day. And you come to us? Absolutely. Okay. I would love that. Thank well, you very much. I'll take that as an invitation. Come to us already, but... I'm going to go ahead and throw shade. You guys don't have to, but I love that you say, my brother's friend. If, if it's someone that is someone that you sleep with... <laughs> And you live in the same apartment with, and you spend most of your significant uh, social family gatherings with, that's more than a friend. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, I was trying to be politically <laughs> correct. I do understand at a later date we have talked about the possibilities of us discussing relationships, especially as they change and evolve, but I thought we were trying to stay on topic, yeah. which would be holidays. Stay on topic. All right. All right. All right. Staying on topic. <laughs> So anyway, the uh, yeah, our Thanksgiving tradition involves you all coming here. I think it decided, it wasn't when I moved to Chicago, because it was after Dad passed. Now, what year would that have been? Dad would have died in the fall of 13. Okay. And therefore, we he actually died before Thanksgiving. But I don't think we really did anything for Thanksgiving that year. We kind of let it slide. And it was the following year that we suggest, you actually suggested, that maybe we start doing things different and change what our traditions are. So prior to his death, our tradition was he cooked, was a huge, 
huge endeavor. There was usually at least one friend who was helping with the cooking. True, and the cooking generally started someplace between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m., depending upon what it was. Or could have started actually the night before, but... That's true, too. In fact, I think the year they did the turducken, they started it the night before. Is that a duck inside a turkey? Yes, which they then had stuffing inside of that, and they had sausage inside of the stuffing. So they did sausage, stuffing, turkey. It, it, It was a duck. It was... It was an experience. <laughs> and so anyway, your the family traditions at that point for us had everything to do with friends gathering. Um, the most I remember in our household for a Thanksgiving was 45. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't think I've ever told like I don't think I've ever properly explained how big Thanksgiving used to be for our house. By the way, they had a very big house. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> But I would also say, though, some of the things that It's a lot easier to have a big house in somewhere other than Chicago. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) That's that's true. Also, people therefore need to know that, because it will help with one of the stories we're going to tell in a little bit, um, I didn't cook. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Mom, when when growing up, Mom used to say, you know, oh, I got this really great cookbook. You ever seen that, uh, the, the carrot top joke? He's like, I got a great cookbook for Mom. And he pulls up the the yellow pages. Now, for those of you young listeners, the yellow pages back before the internet was how you used to have to dial up that on would a be phone. Yelp. It'd uh, be Yelp now. That's true. Uh, yeah. Yellow but pages, yellow pages for food. Okay, whatever. Wait, is Yelp short for yellow pages? I really highly doubt it. No, I'm just I saying. think you're onto something. I think we're gonna have. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, I did what I would call comfort food back then, which was hot dogs, hamburgers, <laughs> macaroni and cheese, lasagna. I mean, things that... Lasagna's pretty serious. What, what, what is yeah, that called? Strata? No, that's, that's, she's learned that since. Oh, the stuff no. that you think she's famous for cooking, she's learned all of yeah. that to cook since. Um, and the only reason I did the lasagna and not your father is because he didn't like it because it, he just didn't like it. He couldn't maneuver away from it enough and have it still taste like lasagna. And as you remember, your dad was constantly, turkey might have been the basis of what they were doing, but it was a turducken. It was spatchcocked. It was stuffed. It wasn't stuffed. It was done in a butter sauce. It was wrapped. I mean... All I'm thinking about is I don't remember ever getting lasagna when growing up, like, other than Stouffer's, so... (laughs) I didn't even know this was a skill set you counted amongst your things you could have made back then. Okay, anyway. All right. We're, we, we keep getting distracted. Well, I was supposed to be, I, this is, there's no distractions. We're oh. just having a conversation. What was okay. the story you wanted to tell earlier that you assumed we would be so, telling? So, when we actually started the new tradition yes. of us coming to Chicago, we hadn't planned enough ahead, and Ben was single at that time, but still in the medical field, so to speak. And so, therefore, he couldn't make it for the Thanksgiving Day, because at that point, we weren't doing it on off time. So he was, Correct, yeah. We were still doing, we were trying, we were still trying to make the actual Thanksgiving Day work. Right. So we decided to do a Friendsgiving in your apartment in Palatine, I believe. Yep. I think that was the first time we did it. Yep. Okay. And so I think that was the one with Joe and uh, Josh. Yes. And also the apartment that was basically an efficiency and an oven that was half the size of anybody's standard oven. <laughs> it was way better than the one right before the apartment was, but I distinctly remember... We had problems with cooking things, and then we talked about that, and so you decided you thought we could cook the whole turkey slow. In a a roaster. So I got the turkey, I thawed the turkey, I brought the turkey and the roaster, because after all, since we'd entertained everybody and their brother for years and years and years, we had four roasters in the basement. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we had multiple. I just went to the basement and got a roaster. I did not test the roaster prior to arrival. I don't even know what a turkey roaster is. It's like a crockpot for it's, turkey. It's kind like, of. Yes, yes, oh. it's like a great big, you put um, a pan in the bottom, much like you do with the roasting pan now, mm. and you put the bird on it. And we put potatoes in the bottoms and carrots because I spent weeks researching how to do <laughs> a turkey, having never done one before. So we turned on the turkey, and I had this huge. This like, is love, by the way. Like that, she like she heard her son had this need for a Thanksgiving <laughs> tradition that involved a good turkey, and she went for it. <laughs> and it included a full schedule, hour by hour, as to when we that. had to bake the salad, when we had to do the yams, when we had <laughs> yep. to do. Yep. And we purposely did not do mashed potatoes. Because your dad was famous for mashed potatoes. Yep. So we didn't do mashed potatoes. I did roasted potatoes. Yep, anyway, I remember so, that. I remember you had a you did not want to do them. Yep. Right. So I a uh, little PTSD here, people. I don't know. <laughs> so we started cooking, 
and it became apparent as people started arriving, and I therefore wanted to take the turkey out of the roaster, having checked the turkey off and on a couple times, but not a lot all day, it became apparent the turkey was, you know, if you're going to go to either 160 or 180 on a bird, we were lucky if we were at 75. I was going to say, I don't think we broke 100. <laughs> like, it, it was, and it took hours for us to start getting concerned, because we'd never done this before, so we were like, well, I don't know you know, at hour eight or whatever, you know, like, or at hour two or at hour three, like how big it should be. And so we just kind of kept waiting and kind of kept waiting and kind of kept waiting. So Nick's friends arrived and Nick, because he loves and adores his mother, um, it turned on nice music. We had wine, everybody. We started with the salads. I dressed up nice. As you guys know, I don't do that anymore. And <laughs> the bird still was not done. So I said, oh, what the heck? We've had the salad. Let us do the sides. So we had done part of the sides. Yep. Part of the sides just needed to be warmed up. So then we did the sides. So we'd now been through the salad and the sides with very nice music and wine. And then it became blatantly apparent the turkey had gotten maybe to 72. So something was wrong with the roaster. Yeah. So we said to heck with the nice music and the wine. We turned it off, we turned on football, we got out the beer, um, and we also pulled the turkey out of the roaster, cut it in half, yep. found a pan that was large enough and shoved half of the bird into the oven. At almost the highest temperature it would take. So, at may, now you, I should also back up and say, friends arrived at three, we I was were gonna supposed say, to eat at four. Yeah. <laughs> This was approximately 8.30 by the time we, we had... We put the bird into the oven. <laughs> <laughs> My friends were very patient. <laughs> we ate the dessert. Um, we, yep. yeah. yeah, we ended up... We ate the sides, then we ate the dessert. As I recall, the reason there's that picture of me eating a turkey leg is because that ended up being the only thing that had cooked enough to be safe to eat. Correct. So, <laughs> we had two turkey legs. That was it. <laughs> at that point, we'd also had enough alcohol, sides, and dessert that it didn't matter if we ever ate the turkey or not. Yep. So the great thing out of all of that story is that was the building of new traditions. It was okay that we screwed everything up, which it never had been in the past. We had real serious issues about everything had to be perfect, and the stress was awful. And all of us, especially Nicholas and I, and then we co-opted his brother into this, decided we were not doing stressful turkey days anymore, period. It was going to be fun, which is why we've ended up on a date that works for Ben, because we don't want it to be stressful. We don't want him to be worried about, can I get it off? Can I not get it off? Um, when do we have to be picked up? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Which has actually worked out really well with Danielle, because as it turns out, once I then a few years later met the wonderful woman that we have a podcast with and the whole reason that one exists, uh, her family is very big on the Turkey Day traditions as well, but like kind of needs to have it on the day because her family is much bigger than my two people that might ever be involved. And Secret Santa is very important to my family as well. And Thanksgiving is the day you get your name. If you don't get to be there for Thanksgiving, you get you the do, leftover you cousin that no one wants. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are not a Secret Santa. If that's Cousins, <laughs> if you're listening, just guess which one of you is the leftover cousin that no one wants. <laughs> Anyway, it actually works oh out really God. well. We hope it's not you. Oh, what is it? Oh! <laughs> $10, at least one of the Nelsons is going to come at you and be like, you know you're that cousin, right? They're all going to come at you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's very sweet, your little tradition. Um, I will say, oh, sorry, I got to get closer to here. Um, turkey is my least favorite part of Thanksgiving, honestly. Not that Becca, Becca makes a great turkey, yeah, but sides are and everything now, these but. sides that we make. Listen, Becca, tell them about the turkey that or the gravy that you were taking shots of last night. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know what we did last night that was different. Um, I fell asleep. I well, I'm willing. To, <laughs> I did. We did use turkey broth, which this is the first year I've ever used turkey that broth to make the um, the gravy. But clearly, I mean, it's like making any other turkey gravy. You take the drippings from the pan. Um, and you put, you know, a little bit of flour, um, and then you, I've this year put turkey broth in, and I have always put Worcestershire sauce in, but I've put butter in in the past. I didn't put any butter in this year. Um, so again, it's the, I don't know what makes it taste good, you know, but, and we, brining the turkey, I think has also helped because what you get from the drippings from the turkey is a lot better than it used to be. I just think 
we've tried the turkey a lot of ways, but I think we've settled on a good one. Yeah, I agree. I like the I like the turkey that you've been making the last couple of years. I know it's more or less the same recipe. Except yep. for a couple of years ago, she did wrap it in bacon. That was good. That's true. I did. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, the bacon. <laughs> but that was a lot of extra bad. work too. But you know what? We could think about it for next year and not only brine the bird, but then wrap it in bacon. Brine bacon bird. I will say the thing about the bacon turkey though is like it didn't like I feel like it was hard to tell when the bird had cooked, and it was also you like. Yeah, it just yeah. Yeah, it, it was a it was a novel idea, and the pieces of bacon, some of it turned out really good, but then some of it, did it didn't not. necessarily yeah right. make the bacon. And, and, and in my opinion, part of the reason the brine is really really good is because there's bourbon. Oh yeah, the there you go. There's oh. bourbon and lots of orange. You hear that, everyone? If you want to make love and family go smoother, add booze. <laughs> That's the answer. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, our households would think that. that does not mean that every household would have to think. Oh that. no no, I'll make a blanket statement. It's okay. <laughs> okay, but not just booze. It needs to be bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I think that eventually I'd like to try to, when we get out of 750 square feet, <laughs> I would like to try to. What is it? We smoke the turkey. Mm-hmm. We like dip it. Where oh, most people fry. start oh, no, no. fires. Smoking deep and deep fry. frying is two yeah, very different fry. things. How do most people start fires? It's deep frying. Deep I want to try to do that. Okay. <laughs> well, we should try that when you have a concrete patio away yeah. from the house. I agree. Okay. That's yeah. That's also yeah. That's the way and I've told people to do trees. it. Not near anything. Um, I'm very very nervous about doing that. But if you want to do it, I will figure out how to make that yeah, happen. We could make Randy do it. That's true. We could have Randy. Because Randy, do Randy it. would do it and it'd be perfect. And I will say that like. So also speaking of deep fried and things like that, I, I don't know if it's deep fried, but Popeyes apparently has a Cajun style turkey that you can all go purchase. No, like shameless plug for Popeyes. Apparently, they have not paid us anything, but my brother was but very. But you can excited. pay us something if you want. Yeah, Popeyes. Popeyes, if you're listening, I'm more than happy to take your money. <laughs> Uh, they have a Cajun style turkey you can go get, like the whole damn turkey. And then I assume since it's Popeyes, it's deep fried. I, I don't know how that works. Yeah, but we don't know. We're gonna find out though. Options in case maybe maybe that's where we need to go. We need to see how it works for Ben this time, and if it works out well, then we can uh, choose to uh, you know maybe trouble with the deep fried later. I don't and know. I don't know a... if you noticed last night we were already having the conversation on what do you do with the carcass if it was Cajun? Will that change the taste of the carcass? Will it not change the taste of the carcass? And therefore they're gonna do. Um, turkey chili with the carcass Ooh. from their Cajun <clears throat> bird, I like which that I think idea. is a really good idea. Yeah, just to be safe with it. That's because because even if it doesn't, then it's just turkey chili, and it still turns out okay. And you can spice it up however you want. Right. Yeah, that works out pretty well. I like that. Well, I want to share a couple of fun other stories. I mean, it's just like because I want to like throw barbs out there and okay, uh, okay. <laughs> first time we ever had Thanksgiving. This the other thing that always happens with Thanksgiving is there's always something that mom comes to town and insists that every household should have. (laughs) The most recent one was a stock pot that could, like, hold a toddler inside of it. If you've ever seen, like, the uh, Parks and Rec episode. A cauldron. Yes, it's a cauldron. Child, <laughs> child size drink because it is could roughly fit the size of a two or three year or, old child. I don't know what you're going to say about Parks and Rec, but on The Office, you know, when Kevin drops yes, the chili. Yes, that's size stock pot. Yes. <laughs> okay, but if you're going to brine a 20 pound plus bird, okay, you need we, a huge stock pot. Look around you. There is not enough room in this place for us to be able to have a 20 pound stock pot. You do realize you are setting yourselves up that your housewarming present when you get a big house someday. No! It's going to be a child-sized stockpot. That, if that means it makes you happy and I store it in the basement except for the one time a year you come to make turkey soup, I'm down for it. I'm, I'm there. I'm 100% on board. So, other things. There's also spices that apparently I'm just supposed to always have. Like, do you, like and especially before Danielle was here, I was a bachelor and I, I pretty much ate nothing but microwavable meals. There wasn't any rosemary and thyme in my spice cabinet. That's not a thing. Uh, let's see. Napkins. Napkins, I think I have officially won. I have won this war because the very first time Nam came, she said, You have to have napkins. Why don't you have any napkins? And Nicholas's response was, Why do I need napkins? I have paper towels. And she proceeded to try to get everyone else involved in this conversation. So when my friends in that first Thanksgiving came over, she said, you guys are both established adults because both of them were a couple of years older than me, but they were both also bachelor men. She was confident that them as established adults would have napkins. And they both looked at her like she had three heads the same way I did and said, (laughs) said, I have. I have paper towels. (laughs) 
Well, we should go back and ask Joe and Josh because they're both now married. And I so. bet they both now have <laughs> do not use paper towels all the time. Because even yesterday, though I, I will concede, the paper napkin is no longer necessary. But I appreciated the fact that you conceded yesterday and put out the table linens yep. that are now part of this house. There it is. There it is. Yeah. All right, listeners, we're going to put a poll up on our Facebook. You have to tell us if you have napkins or paper towels for your... Napkins and paper towels. Needs. No, 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 hold on. I'm going to clarify. Oh, okay. Normal needs. I would have been happy to go get something <laughs> if it was on the list of things to go get for Thanksgiving. Your everyday needs. So the other way you could frame the, the, the poll would be paper napkins for everyday use versus paper towels yes. as napkins. That's what we're going to do. Okay. That's what we're going to do. And, right. and go to our uh, social media. It'll probably be this next week sometime. Make sure you follow us there. Uh, but now is the time for us to go ahead and let you have a quick commercial before we come back to talk about the movie that we will be discussing, The Fifth Element, and uh, explain to you why that's a movie we're talking about in the holiday season. <laughs> in love with movies, da-da-da. In love with movies, da-da-da. And we're back. I'm going to laugh if that literally <laughs> is not even audible. Welcome back from your commercial break. <laughs> we... Made some turkey stock. Well, we made it all night, but yeah. now we're making turkey soup. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, we used the commercial break to do that. So thank you very much for allowing us to have one because it was important. <laughs> Which is also part of the tradition. <laughs> turkey soup from the turkey stock. Sorry. So now we are to the uh, with movies portion of the podcast where we will talk about a given movie. And the first movie, so the movie we're talking about uh, today is the sci fi cult classic. Directed by Luc Besson, uh, and so the movie is called Fifth Element. And so first, we want to hear from my mom. What is your in love with first? Or, sorry, in love at first sight story for uh, the Fifth Element. When did you see it? How do you fall in love with it? Well, may I first give a disclaimer that I grew up and still love It's a Wonderful Life. So that <laughs> that would be the traditional Christmas movie that I thought I would someday be talking about with you. Instead, I get Fifth <laughs> Element. We, so. we can just tell you what, next Christmas we can talk about... Uh, it's a Wonderful it's Life. It's a Wonderful Life. And Danny, Dan have you seen A Wonderful Life? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. that's that's what's a whole other conversation, but we can have it. All right. So, how did we get to Fifth Element when we moved out onto our large house, as Danny described it, on Mitchell Road? Um, we had a fourteen-foot Christmas tree, and as you might imagine, it takes a while to decorate a fourteen-foot Christmas tree. It includes ladders and lots of maneuvering and things, <laughs> and it's kind of an all-day adventure, including getting the tree parts out of the attic. So. Keeping Nicholas entertained, in my opinion, because Benjamin loved decorating for Christmas. Whereas that's true, Nick. I probably was the one who needed the movie on. Yeah, no. that should not surprise any of our listeners, given how much I love movies. Yeah. Continue. Okay, so <laughs> Nick would have seen this as a family obligation. Aww. So we started out, and part of what I thought I would do, because we were in a fairly new house, it was our first Christmas in this house, um, and we therefore had just gotten Direct TV, not a commercial for Direct TV, but when you live out <laughs> in the country in Ohio, sometimes that's the only provider, but Direct TV had just introduced this concept of all-day movie, so you could buy the movie once and watch it over and over and over again. So, we turned on DirecTV. I went to the movie selection that we might have and told the boys, you know, unless it was something they couldn't watch, we, they could pick it and we could watch it all day. The boys decided what we needed to watch was Fifth Element. Now, I'm going to interject here. I do not recall us knowing that it would be an all-day thing. <laughs> what I recall is that we were going to get to pick a movie to watch, and what ended up happening is we got busy leaving it running, and the next thing we knew the movie just started running and continued again. And so it started itself over. And we were like, oh, well, we had missed the first five minutes anyway. Let's watch that first five minutes so we understand it better. And then we also just left it on. And then it just stayed on. And then we started being like, well, how long do we think it'll run? Do we think it'll cut us off somewhere in the middle of this second viewing? Do we think it'll cut us off after five? No, no, it will let you go all day long. Can I ask a question? Questions. Did you pick this movie because there's a mostly naked woman as the, like, 
promotional material. Uh, no, because back then, DirecTV would not have been giving you photos or anything like that. It gave you a description. So it was uh, the fact that it was like really? a sci-fi... Wow. Yes, I know, you're and young, Bruce, it's okay. Uh, yeah, Bruce Willis was the big thing. Yes. Mm. So anything that was promotional would have been a photograph of Bruce, Will Bruce Willis. Now, we could check. I don't know if Die Hard had already been out by oh, then. Die Hard. Oh, yeah, Die Hard had and come that, out like and, 10 years before that. Well, and you guys had really liked Die Hard. So Bruce Willis was actually an action figure to the two of you <laughs> that I knew... Yeah, it'll be okay. It'll be kind of violent. But again, I, I was pretty good at letting the kids watch what it is they wanted to watch. If it was something that I thought needed parental um, explanation, I made them watch it with me. It was a to This is a total side comment, but I remember that that being a thing you had to decide after Jurassic Park. Because Ben right. and I both insisted on wanting to watch that. And you finally got around being like, it is better to have them watch these crazy things with me. And then at least I can explain it, which I'm very happy about because it meant I got to watch a bunch of movies that were like rated R and everything like that growing up. I and mean, Jurassic Park is a perfect one to talk about just briefly from the standpoint of your brother will never forgive me that I let you see Jurassic Park at an age that he was not allowed to see it. My brother is older than me for uh, our listeners. So anyway, that, anyway, to answer your question, no, there was not like I did not get to see The Naked Lady. Now, because I think we figured this out yesterday, I was 10 years old when this movie came out. Uh, yes... I probably was very excited by the <laughs> naked woman and the like two scenes in the movie where you see her in the background unfocused for the joke of she keeps stripping naked and the men get uncomfortable. I was probably very excited for that. I'm not going to lie. And I don't remember, but it would not surprise me if during the whole process during the day, that was a point in time when we stopped decorating the tree just to see, see a few brief moments of the movie and then went back to decorating. Yep. <laughs> hold, hold up. The boobies are coming. Hold up. The boobies are coming. Oh, okay, good. We can go back to decorating now. So anyway, what is, Danielle, what is your first, uh, in love at first sight story for this movie? I think I watched it last year, two years ago for the first time. Well, this is the funny <laughs> thing. The first Christmas I spent with Nick and Becca, uh, Nick was like, he told his mom, she hasn't seen a lot of Christmas movies or she loves some Christmas movies. So Becca is fantastic and anything you ever say you like, she will get it for you. <laughs> so be careful what you say around Becca. But... Within she will literally, you will literally reason. take it. Don't ask for a house or a car. That's Sorry. Darn it. <laughs> she will literally take something off of her body and be like, it's yours now. <laughs> you did that yesterday. She did that yesterday. I know. Um, but I got this like pack of Christmas movies, which I loved. And it had like The Grinch, White Christmas, which I had never seen, which has become my almost favorite Christmas movie. Um, it's a Wonderful Life was in there. Wait wait for next month for Danielle's actual favorite Christmas movie. That's anyway. true. Um, and then The Fifth Element. And I opened it, and this was my first Christmas with them, mind you. And I was like, thank you. Oh, wow. And, and I had, had no idea what was happening. I was like, this does not look like a Christmas movie, but just say thank you and move on. <laughs> so we eventually end up watching it. I don't remember, a couple years ago, right? Yeah, I think we probably watched it the year that you got it in that mm -hmm. packet of things. Because then my mom explained it, I'm sure, at the time. And then we were like, you haven't seen it? You have to! And then we made you watch it. And then, I rewatching it yesterday was like a brand new movie to me. Because I must not have been paying attention the first time. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> well, which makes a lot of sense to me. Because as you know, your husband has said he needs to help educate you in movies mm -hmm. that you need to see that have references in popular culture that you can't truly understand unless you've seen the movie, which I'm very proud of that statement from you because that your father would say, well, have you made sure they watched so-and-so or have you made sure, so that's how you got to see all of The Godfather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because your dad felt you had to be aware of popular culture references. So you saw a lot of movies growing up that you may not have seen that I thought you needed to see because of popular culture references. And I watched Model Behavior. <laughs> and speaking of popular culture references, that moves us into the, the general conversation of the movie, which I wanted to talk about. One of the things that to me is, I think, what holds up best about this movie is the quotableness of it. So to me, this is a movie that's got a lot of quotes. So just to name a few, and speaking of things that have become, in my eyes, pop culture things. I know your mom's favorite quote. What's that? Multipass. Yes, that's the first <laughs> yes, one on my list. Yes, the first one on my mask. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Multipass. <laughs> that is the thing that just gets said, and I feel like amongst uh, sci-fi nerds and things like that, it's just a known thing. And then there's another one that, for me at least, I think is probably unique, but there's that guy who robs him at the beginning, and the way he goes... Give me the cash! <laughs> like, I can remember, like, in high school with friends, if there was a time where somebody owed somebody something or we were making a joke about somebody robbing, I'd be like, give me the cash! <laughs> um, let's see, I, I definitely was uh, guilty of saying I only speak two, two languages, English and bad English. 
Was that in there? That's yes, in there. That's yes. Like, yes. That's yes. where that comes from. Um, and I actually, this is this, this is. Do not base your uh, life decisions on uh, pop culture lines. By the way, so I to this day probably think of if they don't chase you after a mile, they don't chase you. And then he says, "Oh, maybe it's two miles." But I have totally every time I like go past a police officer while I know I'm speeding on the interstate. <laughs> I slow down and I slow down for a mile <laughs> because I'm like, oh shit, are they gonna are they gonna get me? And then when I get past a mile, I'm like, oh okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna come past this point. So yes. And then and then last but not least, describing things that are very good as super green. Super green. Super green. Super green. Through your nose. You Ruby Rod. Super, super green. green. Oh, is that Ruby what I, Ruby Rod. Ruby Rod. I had a Sorry. very hard time understanding what he was saying. <laughs> Uh, All right, any other thoughts? Yeah, well, there's another quote. Oh, yes. The most important one that's literally on the inside of the movie thing I was looking at yesterday. The package. Time is not important. Only life is important. There you go. Time is not important. Only life is important. They tried to make this movie real profound. <laughs> and it's And then not. that didn't happen. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was meant to be profound, though. I really do think, because... This is, we'll talk about this with the like comparison to The Matrix, for example. I think The Matrix was trying to be profound. I think this movie knew it was going to be a silly romp and therefore was being tongue-in-cheek about it. But that was the one sentiment. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, I definitely put, they clearly know that they're making fun of themselves. This is not a serious <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Which is what I enjoy about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, for God's sakes, when else would you find the, the stones, for people who have seen the movie... Where they found them. I mean, because I don't know if oh, in someone's yeah. stomach. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that was a moment. Oh my god! Oh. If that's not making fun of itself, I don't know what is. When so. I remember when she was like, "The stones are, are in, in me. me." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> what's the metaphor here?" I was trying to figure out. Oh, you're supposed to because there's a conversation of love. I'm like, are all four elements all about love? And you're supposed to have the love inside you. And like, no, no, that's not where we're going. You should cut me open and reach inside my stomach. That's where this is going. And maybe think of Men in Black, where the they're like the galaxy is on Orion's belt. Yes, and it's yes. on the cat's collar. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which which came first? That the stones are in me. Or it's on Orion's back. I'm assuming the fifth element. I'm pretty sure because I think another Men in Black was like 98. Culture it, they might have been the same itself. year, though. They might have been the same year. Yeah, yeah. that's they true. They just have a ten. Well, if they are, then they did repeat. Well, speaking of repeating itself, listen. There's um, the father is basically Obi Wan Kenobi. He dresses and looks exactly like him. I, I had a note in here about like they look like Jedi. <laughs> the president is a Star Trek member. Uh, he looks like he's a Star Trek member. Fun fact about the president, though, I can remember I had at this point somehow in my life seen the movie Friday, thanks to my brother. And so I remember thinking, why is Debo the president of the United Federation? <laughs> Debo's a character from a comedy movie, by the okay, way. Got it, yeah. yeah but just the way they dressed, they were dressed like Star Trek and then Star Wars and then, um, a little bit of cone heads. I don't know. I thought the condom yep. head was yep. like cone I agree. heads. Yes, I agree. yes. <laughs> and anything in space makes me think of Star Wars. So yeah, it's a little Star Wars. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. What do you guys think about uh, Bruce Willis's blonde hair? I like it. I think he looks sexy. Mom, <laughs> it was okay. In fact, I'm willing to admit it didn't stand out one way or another with me that her color of hair. I thought, why would you do that in the future? Even and then I thought, okay, get over it, Becca, because she's been. Well, she's you the know. perfect being. And I can remember that being a, like, that was groundbreaking at the time. That it was like, oh my it's God, have the perfect being be a woman. And every guy who meets this perfect being is like, oh, she's a, or he's a she. And it's like, oh, you noticed that, did you? <laughs> yeah, I want to get back to her being the perfect being. But isn't it funny, Becca, that now we are in the future and everyone has orange hair or purple, purple hair, hair or green hair. <laughs> That's right. Or, yeah, exactly. So they they knew what was happening. They, they did. They were just ahead of the time. Can we talk about Chris Tucker? Yes. Chris Tucker steals this movie. He is the movie in my I eyes. am. Oh, you're about to I disagree. have a lot of feelings about him. <laughs> he's so very, I think he's trying, they're trying to do Prince, right? Like trying to be like I Prince. I do think it was very much Prince-esque, yes. He dresses so feminine, and yes. yet he's supposed to be this, like, sex symbol. Yes, yes. Which, by the way, I wrote, you didn't need that sex scene on the, the plane. Oh, on the plane. I thought to myself, I was like, oh, I bet they thought that this was, like, again, pushing the envelope forward because it's all about her orgasm, but it is still framed in such a way that it is him being, like, still the, like, the, the sex symbol because he gives her one. Like, it wasn't even, like, about her pleasure. It was, yeah. Yeah, so anyways, that was unnecessary. And, I mean, he's, there is no other character I've ever seen that's like that character. So he does a great job. And I he can't does. believe that's Chris Tucker, because 
I know, like, Chris Tucker, isn't that Rush Hour? Yes, yes, yeah. Chris Tucker and Rush Hour. Yeah. So him, him he and does, I'm with you, he stole the movie. See, but for me, I, he stole the movie, and I would say this is better than his time in Rush Hour, for me at least. And he stole the movie. I actually have a note in here that was like, I could take or leave anything that comes before Chris Tucker is in the movie or after they leave the hotel. I realized that in my head, the parts of this movie that I actually think about when I think about this movie are the 20 to 25 minutes while they're in the hotel, basically. That's it. Where it's all the violence and all that. Yeah, it's all the cool action and the stylized stuff happening. I know you said the CG didn't hold up with the cars, but I thought those monster things, the like bad yeah. Those things. look cool. Yeah, the like the shape shifting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Those were cool. Mongolors. Mangalores. Mangalores. Mangalores or Mongolors. I can't remember. I think it's Mangalores. But yeah, they, I, th- I agree with you. I thought that too. Like even the scene where they show him shifting because he like shakes his head or whatever. That's CG, but like because it's brief and because it's kind of like immediately followed up with a, a uh, traditional effects thing. Like I thought it held up well. And I think you're right. I think it's Mongolore because it's like mongrel. The yeah. dog is a yeah. mongrel. But yeah, I thought anyway. that too. Um, Zorg, I think, is hilarious. Oh, God, He's yeah, Gary reason. Oldman. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't know that was Gary Oldman until the credits were rolling. I know. The, and the, this is so, I had a note here, actually. I was watching the credits a little bit at the, at the beginning. Gary Oldman's not in the credits that are, like, specifically named, or at least not that I remember seeing. What I do remember seeing is they name-dropped Luke Perry I as know, the I second name. The second name. There's, like, I think it's maybe Chris Tucker and maybe Bruce Willis, and then it's, like, Luke Perry. And I'm just like, oh yeah, Luke Perry's in this? Wait, wait, who the fuck does Luke Perry pay? And then I remembered when he comes on screen, he's on screen for maybe two minutes, like, and it's all in the beginning, the son, and then dies. the son at the beginning, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know if he's a son or like a research assistant, but he's that like dude who shoots the, the, the aliens because yeah. he's all scared and everything. And Luke Perry, I, I looked this up yesterday, because this movie came out in 1997. Uh, uh, Be- Be- Beverly Hills 90210, which he was obviously famous on, ran from ni- 1990 to 2000. So this would have been like, peak Luke Perry. So I, I think this was like an attempt to like replicate the thing, like what they did with Scream and, um, oh God, Kirsten Dunst, is that her name? No. Uh, who's, who's in, uh, 51st Dates with, with, uh, Adam. Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. They like had her on the, 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 the posters for the movie Scream and then she dies in the first 10 minutes. Same thing happens to Luke Perry. We're like, Luke Perry's in this movie. He's dead. Didn't we already talk about this with model behavior? They're like, Justin Timberlake. Yes. It was not a Justin Timberlake movie. No. Not at all. Not but at all. Anyways, I thought Zorg was fantastic because he's a, um, a villain that doesn't take himself too seriously. And well, I love he that. seems to take himself seriously. But it's funny. Yes. I don't know. Again, it's the movie making fun of everything. I would agree so with it's that. It's lighthearted. And I also, what's the woman's name? Lilu. What's her real name? The oh, you mean the long thing? Or, no, oh, the, oh, the actress. Um, oh, God, I knew I should have looked this up. Uh, she's in the Resident Evil movies, and now my brain is totally spacing on. Anyways, she is a fantastic actress. Yeah. When she first awakens, and then you're like, she's like an animal in a cage, I was like, it made me uncomfortable because she was doing such a good job. I agree. And then just like, when she says, Please help me. Oh, oh yeah, when she like is trying to learn English and she looks up at him and like it, it she's so it's she's a lot younger in this movie than other stuff. I agree. I was like, oh my god, she looks like a child, like just begging. I was like, that tore mm-hmm. my heart. Yeah. And I will say, good for this woman for picking a role where you have absolutely no makeup on. Like that's your real face, and you have to like act. There's only one time where she puts makeup on where they have that makeup machine. Yeah. And it goes, <laughs> but then it wipes off anyways because she's always wet. <laughs> Which I did a deep eye roll there, because why do women always have to be wet? It's fine. Is that is this where you want to talk more about? You said you had some thoughts on her being the perfect being. I was my only real thought was like, I thought it was funny how in 2019, looking back at it, that we thought it was so groundbreaking, and we had to keep pointing out that the perfect being was a woman. Like that couldn't just happen. I will say this is a very I wrote it down a very progressive movie. Because they don't point out, like, color or anything. Like, the president is black, right. and no one says anything about it. And then the woman, a woman, is the perfect being. They and do say a lot about that, though. Not as much as you would think. Fair. Luc Besson's pretty big on uh, woman empowerment, though. As much as he also sometimes has this, like, sexualization of them. Mm-hmm. He's So, La Femme Nikita, which I think was the same actress, I'm pretty sure, was a big one that he first hit the scene. Leon the Professional was Natalie Portman as a young child becoming an assassin. Uh, and then he did the movie Lucy with Scarlett Johansson, and he's like, so he's he's kind of known for doing like women are badasses movies. 
And they were badasses in this movie, yes. except for every single woman had a part of her body showing. Yes. Like the flight attendants. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, they all get to be badasses, but they have to also be sex objects <laughs> while being badasses. Yeah. So that was a little much. Um, before I get to my final thoughts, Becca, do you, what, are, what do you have? What are your thoughts on this movie? Rewatching it. Oh, that was dead air. I did dead air. That's all right. It happens. <laughs> I was going to say, I, so I'll go ahead and I've got some other notes. I, there was, speaking of like dated things, there was uh, the absence of no is not a yes. The scene where Bruce Willis kisses her while she's passed out and she pulls a fucking gun on him. And yes, I was like, I yeah, like damn oh, right. I love that. But that to me was one of the best women in power. Yeah. Empowering scenes because mm-hmm. that is that's right. Like, and I raised you all that no means no. That's right. And well, now it's more than that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I understand that, but so it's just nice to see even back then. Hello, not something you're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing. And he asked the priest, "What does blah 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 mean?" It's uh-huh. like ectoplasm, and it's like ectogamma, ectogamma. Yeah. Oh, which means like not never, without my consent. Never without my permission. <laughs> right. Never without my permission. Yes. Yes. I also, did you guys notice the, like, how the absence of cell phones influenced things in this futuristic movie? I at one point realized, like, he comes back to his uh, apartment, having been out flying around doing crazy things, and there's somebody trying to reach him at his home number, including, like, so his boss and his mother are both, like, have been trying to reach him for hours. And I was like, wow, okay, so we have all these futuristic things, we literally have... Beds that make themselves in shrink wrap, but we don't have a cell phone that you can take with you? That's you true. I did not notice that, but mm-hmm. that's a really good... Because well, just... In 1997, apparently, yeah, that was well, just so unfathomable. I but I also found the phones interesting, because if you remember, you pick them up, they, they kind of look like a dumbbell. <laughs> you know? Um, so they just keep picking up dumbbells all the way through it. So yeah. at least they weren't the big box cell phone... That was the first thing that came out. So maybe it was their evolution of a cell phone. Mm -hmm. It's just they didn't want to have to plug it in someplace. Anyway, how are we doing? We're doing good on time. Okay. So, But uh, we could start moving into uh, our last section in terms of, you know, summarizing uh, how would you rate it and or whether you would renew your vows. So I will get into more discussion as it comes up. But, like, in general, I will say, yes, yes, I would renew my vows for this movie. And I will... Let you all have comments before I then cover that, because somebody else is going to come at me, I know. <laughs> uh, I also would renew my vows, even though I didn't see this until later when I was older. Uh, my fi- Do you want me to give my final uh-huh, thoughts on uh-huh. Okay, I forgot I wrote this down. Zorg is actually gay, and the reason he's so evil is because he's repressed. Oh, oh I like that. very good. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that, that also makes total sense, because that thing he pets all the time. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Around. Oh, my God, that's yeah. a- I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, he's he's pretty, comes off as gay. Yeah, very and he's angry because he can't. Which Chris Tucker is gay, that his character should be gay, but is not. It's just confusing. But that's another reason I thought it was so progressive, is because it's like, eh, sexuality, See, but, and, but here's the other thing I think that is progressive about it, though, is like Chris Tucker's character is not necessarily gay. What it's trying to say is, you can be a man who satisfies a woman... But looks like a woman. Or men can wear dresses. What up, Jonathan Van Ness? Yeah, it doesn't if matter. Right? Like, none, of, none of this matters. Exactly. Like, like, yeah, none that's all social garbage we make up. So. But my final thoughts are: I think it's bullshit that she's the ultimate weapon. She is the fifth element, but she can't work unless Bruce Willis falls in love with her. What is love? Like that's bullshit. You have the power in you the whole time to turn these stones on. So that, I'm like, come on. I had that note too. This is a, yet another movie that I feel like <laughs> maybe we've gotten better or maybe I've just become more open to it when I know what love really is. But I'm like, movies and cinema teach you that love is you find someone f- through a random happenstance and you just are in love with that person and are destined to be with them. And you, th- these two exchange like six words through yeah. the entire movie and then apparently their love is the thing that is necessary for yeah. this shit to work. I'm like, no, she should just be able to do this. Yeah, so that upset me. But other than that, I think it's a really fun movie, and I like when movies don't take themselves too seriously, because then you can have fun. And then it's not like, it's violent, but not actually violent. The only blood you ever see, besides the blue goo, is like when it's dripping down their face. Which is really creepy. That that was a very excellent use of Hershey's chocolate syrup, let's say. (laughs) Yeah, so overall, should I give my how many hearts? Sure, how many hearts out of five? Three and a half out of five hearts. Three and a half out of five hearts. All right. 
Becca, would you renew your vows for I this movie? I would renew my vows, and a lot of what Danny has to say would have been what I said, <laughs> because I agree with you that I thought it was bullshit that she's got to be kissed by a man in order to get her mouth to open up and kill all the darkness in the world. <laughs> Give me a break. You know, I mean, not right? Like, what, yeah, why? Me, why? But, like, you know, <laughs> in today's society, we at least admit that, you know, I mean, for God's sake, she could be your own boyfriend if you need to be, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, just <laughs> moving on, I thought that was real crap back then. But I did like when I was watching it with the boys, all of the things that in a humorous way, and in a way I thought they probably heard it and saw it, which I'm glad to see you did, they were going to pick up messages that I wanted them to have at that point in their life. Because you would have been 10 and 12. Yep, yep. Okay? And so no means no. Um, women can be just as powerful as anything else. Who cares what you wear? If you want to look like a girl, but you're a boy, we don't care. Um, you know, if you're effeminate, who cares? Um, yes, you can pleasure a woman. I mean, all of those <laughs> things that... Those, those words just came out of my mother's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but all of those things, I think, were good messages when you're raising a 10 and 12-year-old young male at that point in history. So yeah. because of that... I'll give it a 4.5. Oh, all right. Wow. All right. I was going to only give it a, a 3.5, so like a 70%. Maybe, maybe 3.75. Like, it, it's it's up there. But I for all the... I was That's awesome you gave it that much more. I would definitely renew my vows, as I said. I will say, I want to give this caveat, because Chase, a friend and uh, our biggest or at least most vocal fan, and we appreciate you always interacting with us, uh, but he will probably be upset because I did not review renew my vows for The Matrix. I want to explain. The Matrix... <laughs> had a much higher bar to return to. Mm -hmm. It was of its time and everything like that, and what it had meant to me was a great deal more than this movie. This movie has always been more or less just a fun sci-fi action romp. There was nothing groundbreaking. It did not make me reconsider reality or anything like that. So it had a lower bar to get to, which was, again, the 3.5. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely still that, if not more. Like, it is still fun to put on and watch, and it is one of those movies that, like... If it is just ramping up to where they're like they're probably like getting on the plane, I will stop to watch it for twenty minutes. Well, and I also I hope I could be wrong. Part of the reason it might fare better is because it it also brings forward memories of family holidays yes. that are positive. Yes. So the Matrix didn't have that. So, Accurate. You know, so just, just another element of And fabric. the Matrix also is bullshit with Trinity should yes. be the one. Trinity so at least the they made this woman this correct, the one. Correct. So I'm, I'm an, uh, we did not necessarily plan it this way, but I feel like a common theme that is happening now through all three of our movies is that love as it is depicted in social or in, uh, media is absolute garbage. Bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> no matter what version it is, sci-fi, because we talked about it a little bit with like, oh, we're in love, because we had like a dinner in model behavior too. <laughs> That's true. All right, any other final thoughts? Yeah, um, they wasted a lot of money on the turtle puppets. The turtle puppets? The, like, those giant turtle things oh, that come the, in at the, the beginning. The things that actually have the stones. Oh! Yeah, that was unnecessary. Oh, I thought those things were so cool! I love those aliens. <laughs> they die easily. They're like, poop, poop, dang it. There goes our only hope. No, see, but the... Well, oh, see, no, no, no. I the, didn't think he died because he got shot. I thought he died because he didn't move fast enough and therefore the door mashed him. And in fact... I was initially like, for God's sakes, then when you open the door back up, you're going to have this great big huge thing you're going to have to move because it will have, you know, it could still be alive. I had that note too. Fresh. I was like, why is that alien not there exactly. 300 years later? Exactly. Because <laughs> he should have been. He should have been standing uh, there with his hand out stuck. Yeah. You know, so. But I, the, I think maybe the answer is we didn't see it because you had the, like, whatever the priest's assistant, assistant. had gone there. And I mean, I think I want a side quest mo movie where I see like five minutes of that guy trying to move that giant alien out of the way. <laughs> I think there. that'd be hilarious. Yeah, he was a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if that's everything, then we will go ahead and cut to our no. promo. Uh, no. Okay. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, sorry. Go. No, 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 no. I have a final closing. If it's oh, all right geez, with yes, you guys, of course, please. I actually love you all's podcasts. I think they're very fun. I think they are showing really good sides of both of you, um, and I think you do a really good job of agreeing and disagreeing <laughs> um, in in this media. So medium. So I think it's very cool, and thank you all very much for allowing me to be a guest. Well, thank you, Becca. We love you. We're, we were very happy to have you. Very happy to Tell have you. Tell your mom you love her. I love you, Mom. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> All right. 
Well, with that then, like I said, uh, we will go ahead and pretty much close things out. Stay tuned for our uh, love notes if, and make sure to leave us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts and then you can hear your love notes read aloud later. All right, and now it's time for love notes, that part where we will read your comments if you leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes. So if you want to hear us talk your voice, make sure to go ahead and uh, leave us one there. We have decided to do things differently because we debated which ones we should do, and Danny wanted funny ones, and I want to just go with the oldest ones. So now, from here on out, we are each going to choose one that we will read. So each of us has a love note to share, and uh, this way, now you all have more encouragement to leave notes because you have a higher probability of hearing it on a future episode. So Danny, why don't you go ahead and read us the first one? Okay, so this one is from Ranger Rick Dad. Ranger Rick Dad. This podcast is hosted by a married couple, and they have great banter. I can see why they got together. Smiley face. I've been single for a while. I'm sorry, Ranger Rick. So <laughs> listening to this podcast helps me imagine what it would be like when I meet my future wife someday. I'm hopefully, sure you'll find a Ranger. <laughs> hopefully we click as well as Nick and Danielle do. I also love movies which I often watch alone. I'm so sorry, Ranger Rick. So I enjoyed the movie discussion as well. Looking forward to future episodes, and maybe my future wife and I will listen together someday. Well, Ranger Rick, we love you. We love you very much, and we really appreciate your feedback. We also have one titled Made Me Smile from Emily Com. Emily says, perfect movie, first movie choice. Love the format and talking about love-related topics and movie. Danny and Nick killed it. Well, thank you very much, Emily. We yeah, really appreciate your time. wonder which Emily that is. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Well, we, we appreciate that. And if you want to hear your future uh, podcast review re read on the podcast in a future episode, please go leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. It also helps us. You can say whatever you want there. You can plug your own stuff. You can uh, tell us how much you hate the podcast. As long as you give us a five-star review, yeah. I don't care what the words say. That's so true. go ahead and uh, make sure to do that. Follow us on our social media, our Facebook page. Uh, you can also find us online in lovewithmovies.com. Make sure to subscribe anywhere you listen to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor itself. We love to have as many of you listening to us as possible. Please be sure to share us with your friends. If you think we are at all enjoyable to listen to, please pass it along. We are trying to break out of that uh, small group of people. We've got about 40 established audience. We'd love to, to see ourselves get bigger than that. So please pass things along as well. If you want more movie chatter from me, uh, you can follow me at Nial Fiba, that is N-I-A-L-F-E-B-A -E on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, I post things about movies and things like that. Instagram, I basically never post. <laughs> and Instagram, I basically always post. You can follow me at DannyMiami4. Also, uh, big news, I just got cast in a year-long run <laughs> at Comedy Sports. So come see me Sunday nights at 7 p.m. starting mid-January. Um, we're going to play some improv games and have fun. And, uh, it's a really funny show. And Sundays, you know, nobody's doing anything else on Sunday. So that's a great time to come as well as it, you got a whole year to get there. Freaking year. A year. So get yourselves out there and we'd love to see you. Anything and else? And if you don't make it in a year, you're not my friend anymore. Okay. Have a good night, everybody. All right. I love you, Danny. <laughs> oh, I love you, Nick. <laughs> and we love you. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been produced by me, Nick Baldwin. Theme music by Danny Smith, using the Anchor app uh, on our iPhone telephone. In love, in love with movies, in love, in love with movies. With Danny and Nick. Da-da-da.